0: Hello, my name is Dylan Arvella and welcome to episode 10 of Away From The Pitch. At the top, I want to say a big thank you to everyone who has been supporting the show through the first nine episodes. Today, we are joined by one of the top players in the women's first division in university, Captain Elise Batten. Thanks for joining us, Elise. Hello. <laughs> I understand that you grew up in the Shell Haven. Do you mind telling us how the ball got rolling as a youngster, so to speak?
1: Uh, yeah, so I'm from Kabara Beach down uh, near Nowra. And probably the reason why I got into soccer was my dad was an absolute soccer fanatic. He played since he was really young. He was still playing um, pretty much his whole entire life up until he was about well, about 55. He had to stop. So he was really into soccer. All the kids, we have four, I have three siblings. We all played soccer. Mum hated it, having to coordinate yeah. everyone's games um, going out to each um, kind of different field that we're playing at on a Saturday. Uh, But, yeah, so he ran the Kalbara Cougars Soccer Club down there and he was the one that pretty much got us into it.
0: So you were, what, five years old or so when you got started? Yeah, (laughs) I
1: would have been super young, yeah, around five, probably four.
0: (laughs) You started playing with the women from a fairly young age at Kalbara Cougars as well, I understand.
1: Yeah, so um, I've pretty much because it's a pretty small comp down there, I played with boys until I was about 14 And then we had the girls um, come from 16 roughly onwards and dad coached my older sister. And so she was playing for women. So whenever they needed a player to back up, it was even me or a couple of other girls playing up. So yeah, I started playing for women's quite often from about 16 years old down there.
0: I remember when I was probably playing 13s or 14s and I got the chance to play up for the team in say the under 15s, for example, and it was Mm. always really exciting, but going as a, as a, as a 14, 15-year-old going up against the actual women, how, was, how did you find that?
1: Yeah, look, it was, it's interesting because you're still so young, but I guess you have kind of pace on your side as well. So um, you can kind of get around them quite quickly, but you definitely can't match them with physicality at all back there. But it really helped, I think, playing up to see the quality. Um, it's a completely different game playing in women's than it is in the under sixteen. So I think it really helped to advance like my skill and everything.
0: And from Colbara, you decided you ended up moving to Women's NPL Club Southern Branch. Yep. Was that a matter of you wanting to step up and test yourself or did you, perhaps your father push you along to join up with that club?
1: Uh, I probably joined when I was, I think I was 12. Uh, I didn't get pushed to do it. I really wanted to play for Southern Branch. And so back down the coast, you can play at the time, you could play both club and also rep as well. Um, until I think it was roughly about 16 when the rule came in, when you couldn't play both and you had to choose. Um, Or a little bit later, actually, probably, yeah. Um, But, yeah, I remember I was about 11 and I trialled for Southern Branch and um, I didn't get picked and I was so annoyed and so angry. And I was like, I'm going to come back next year. I'm going to prove him, like prove to this this coach, like blah, blah, blah. Um, And I was really angry at, like, this guy who was coaching for Southern Branch. And it was funny because we ended up being really, really close, like um, our family and his family, because he pretty much coached me throughout most of my Southern Branch career as well. So it was quite funny thinking of how silly I was back when I was 11 years old and really angry that I wasn't chosen for, like, a, the local rep team. But, um, yeah, I came back when I was 12 and um, showed him when I had, and I guess I got in, and I was pretty much in Southern Branch roughly from then onwards as well until I moved up to Wollongong.
0: So how long would have that been at Southern?
1: Oh, uh, if I played from when I was about 12, 13, 20, it would have been – like five or six years with them probably.
0: And you ended up, you were playing senior women's then as by the time you left as well? Yep. And perhaps before we go into your Illawarra Women's First Division career, was playing women's MPL something that you had a f- thought about in the years since?
1: Um, well, I really enjoyed when I played for Southern Branch, I really enjoyed playing for them because when we played up, when we played in, like in Sydney and everything, like the comp, the comp there was so awesome, like especially back when we were younger as well. Southern Branch was in quite a high um, division. So mm-hmm. it was it was so great playing for them. And just also, it advanced me as a player by so much as well, playing and seeing what the Sydney teams played like as well. So um, yeah, I have kind of, I thought about, kind of going a little bit further as well and like moving up here when I was younger, trialing for stingrays and stuff, but I just didn't really, I kind of stayed down the coast because I had school and everything and didn't want to travel too much. So yeah, just stuck with Southern Branch until we ended up and moved up here for uni.
0: And that came in 2014. You just mentioned then that the move to Wollongong was due to going to the UIW, obviously i would guess UIW. And <laughs> yeah, uh, but... you joined Wollongong Olympic, how did you end up at Beaten Park?
1: Yeah, so um, I knew a couple of girls that played for Wollongong Olympic and so when I moved up to Wollongong, I just kind of contacted them and said I was looking for a team and I went along to trial and then I was there for a couple of years.
0: And the Olympic side was up the top of the table over the couple of seasons you were there. What are your memories from your time at the club?
1: Yeah, it was really good Um, because I, I knew a few girls from down the coast as well, so it was pretty easy to kind of slot in there and it was interesting to see like um, the different divisions that we they have up in Wollongong compared to down the coast. We didn't really have many divisions, um, so it was interesting to see how it kind of ran up here compared to down the coast. But, yeah, it was really good memories playing there and I met some really awesome girls I've stayed friends with for a while now, so I'm glad I chose that club to play with.
0: And that was six seasons ago. How did you feel that that competition moving to the Illawarra First Division compared to the competitions that you'd been playing in previously?
1: Um, it probably, to be honest, is kind of on par with Southern Branch because when I ended up moving up um, to Wollongong and leaving Southern Branch, we had – we dropped down a division and it was it – was, It wasn't that strong of a comp. And then when I came to play here in club, I was kind of expecting more of like a club level, but it was actually more at like a rep level. So it was actually really good. Yeah.
0: That Wollongong Olympic team would go on for another year before they disbanded, and but you decided to go to Tarawana at the end of the 2000, for the 2016 season. What led to that move?
1: Yeah, it was um so we were, like uni was um playing for Olympic was really good, but the problem was that uh some the committee that ran um Olympic didn't really care too much about the women's side and mm. they ended up putting in a couple of rules where we couldn't train on the main pitch and then um they ended up saying we couldn't even play our games on the main pitch and so mm. we were we had to keep on rotating around different kind of like places to train. It was just really disjointed and we weren't really enjoying what was going on. So, yeah, I just took the opportunity with a couple of girls to move across to Tara.
0: So where were where were most of the games for Olympic being played out of? I, I for one, assumed that I might have been aligned with the junior club at the time, which were, as I mentioned earlier, playing out of Beaten Park.
1: Um, no, so we were playing on the men's field, the one that's uh, near North Wilhelms. Olo- PCYC, North Olo- see, yeah. Yeah, that one. Yeah, that's where we were
0: playing training okay. and things from there, yeah. So you decided to go to Tarawana, and that Tarawana side was one of the best teams in the comp, and that 2016 season was a pretty, pretty successful year. You took out the league title... Didn't manage to get any other silverware, but did make the final <laughs> against Albion Park, and also you made the Champions of Champions final as well, which was a, I believe, a two one defeat to Dunbar. Was this perhaps the best season you've been a part of?
1: Yeah, playing for Tara that year was really awesome. The girls um, were really experienced. They were kind of they were the old uni girls that had moved and started playing for Tara, so they mm-hmm. were really great to play with, and we had a really good coach, and that was just a great year to play and. Yeah, um, yeah. Playing for Dun, I uh, playing up the champs champions against Dunbar Rovers as well. That was pretty cool. Traveling all around and playing against the top teams. But playing when we play for champs to champions, it's really obvious that we're playing against the best of other comps, and we normally Albion Park or us beat them quite easily. So it's just a testament to um, say how strong like the soccer is in the area here.
0: And I think that the. The constant throughout that seems to be Dunbar. Who Dunbar have been yeah. a ever present, even now. Obviously, they've been they've gone head to head with Albion Park over recent years in those uh, big statewide competitions. And obviously, there's a few few association teams around that have been there at the latter ends. But definitely, the Illawarra teams have been very competitive. And obviously, the Champions of Champions uh, is only the t- team that takes out the league. So yeah. you'd imagine that still the likes of if, for example, your university team, the current university team, was to enter the Champions championship, you'd still be very competitive mm. in that particular competition. But Albion Park were the big contenders with Tarawana at that stage. Was there, when those two sides faced off, was there any, any uh, heightened rivalry?
1: Oh, yeah, of course, because Albion Park's always the team that you want to beat, so... Um, and our coach was really, um, competitive at the time. So he had a lot of tricks up his sleeve about how he wanted things to go down. And I think that it was his, um, kind of tactics and, um, like what he wanted to see play out that really kind of pushed us. We kind of knew exactly what we wanted to do and how we wanted to do it. So I think it really was a testament to, um, his coaching ability, which was really good. Um, but yeah, so Albion Park's always the team to beat because they're always so strong. So you always try and step up and really push yourself Mm. to perform against them.
0: And just to go away from football for a moment, we're going to touch on your futsal crew because you've been a part of the South Coast Taipan set up since I think 2016. How did you get involved with that?
1: Yeah, so I actually played for Taipans uh, much younger as well. So I played for a few years when I was, I think, roughly 14, around that age, um, and then stopped. And then when I moved back up to uni, I got contacted again by... Um, Bobby and he was like, Do you want to come back and play? And I was like, Oh, why not? <laughs> so jump back in there and play Taipans ends again. But I played futsal, um, I've played futsal futsal for ages down the coast. We had a comp a really strong comp running down there as well, and I played for nationals since I was probably around twelve, traveling around to Canberra and up to Queensland and stuff. So yeah, I love futsal. It's a really good game.
0: One of your strengths as a player seems to your seems to be your ability to control the ball is that one of the big aspects of futsal that you've been able to translate over to the outdoor outdoor game?
1: Yeah I think um, my dad really wanted me to play futsal for that reason because he knew that it's really fast paced and you need to have really good control you need to be able to read the game and make moves quite quickly um, and so I think when I was younger playing that really it was really weird going from playing futsal which is so fast tempo and like you have to touch the ball really quickly and make lots of moves, and then going to outdoor, you had just like so much time to do everything, so it really made your brain kind of tick over a little bit quicker.
0: When you were growing up, what sort of a player were you?
1: <laughs> um, I don't know, I guess a good one. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I don't know, I think um, dad really was strict on. Um, positivity and being like a ki- like making sure everyone's part of the team and everyone's included and everyone has a part to play, so I think he brought me up really well in that kind of like like being the captain of uni that I kind of like translated that across and that making sure that everyone's got a position, everyone feels comfortable, everyone feels valued um, yeah.
0: But positionally, it was more where I was pointing Oh, to you, sorry. Like, what did you like playing on the park?
1: Oh, I moved to Leibus. So when I was younger, I played centre-back. I played sweeper and I loved it okay. there. And then um, I kind of moved forward into like the centre-mid role. And then um, maybe roughly when I was around between 15, when I played for New South Wales, I played out-wing, right-wing. Um, and I really loved that. But you had to be so fit to do that as well. So I kind of died yeah. a little bit um yeah and then so yeah I kind of move around but I really like that center kind of center mid or out the wing
0: yeah and we'll touch on that as well you've were part of the New South Wales country set up for a couple of years I believe and what was that like
1: oh that was really good too so um completely different again you used to go away to Valentine's Sports Park like for like a few days to do training camp camps there, and you met girls because I was playing for country girls from all over, like all the way mm-hmm. down near the Victorian border, out west, um, the Riverina area. So it was really interesting, just meeting lots of different girls and talking about their comps and like um, seeing the way they play and everything. But yeah, that that level of training was just insane compared to what I would have been used to, at least Southern Branch or with any club level. It was just really intense, but. Yeah, it really helped to advance me as a player as well.
0: And fast forward back to 2017, Tarawana disbanded. Some of those players went to Russellville and some of them retired. And you you decided to go to university. And I'll ask about that move in a moment. But I do want to ask about the sort of transient nature of the local women's game and I want to get your perspective on that and is that something that you're a player that has joined it, played for a number of clubs Mm. and do you see it as an issue perhaps that uh, for perhaps the consistency of teams going forward?
1: Yeah, um, so like I think the reason I'm one of those players that I played for Kabara Cougars, like that's the only team I played for down the coast and we never moved. Like down the coast you kind of play for your local area and that's who you play for. Um, it's kind of weird if you move around. So I was kind of in that mindset when I moved up to Wollongong, but each time I've moved, it's kind of been not because I really wanted to, but because like something else was happening around like the the game or the team or whatever reason that kind of prompted the Mm. move. Um, But I think it's good that there's the girls kind of like know there's options and that if you want to move to a different club, the options there and the clubs willing to accept you and the girls are willing to like bring you in and like find a spot for you in the team, so I don't think it's necessarily a problem it, there's not too much movement, but I can imagine if sometimes theres are a couple of teams where there is quite a lot of movement around each year, and I like those teams normally don't perform too well because they don't have enough time to play together, and that's probably why Albion Park like performs so well because they know each other, they know how they play, they know the moves, and so everything just flows a lot better in their team because they have that kind of that core group of girls that are always there.
0: I'm springing this one on you, but what are some things perhaps that you feel could strengthen the local women's first division, perhaps even uh, things like uh, aspects that might also improve the lower divisions as well?
1: I think probably one of the major things would be to align our gains with the men's, so maybe somehow splitting it up so that where like the exhibition match before the men's team or something like that, where we're not really aligned with like the junior clubs or some sort of thing where we're kind of more connected. So we get a little bit more, um, I don't know, like spectators because the boys pull so many in and we don't really have that kind of connection with Mm. spectators yet. So something like that would probably help to build a bit more community around. But um, yeah, university does really well with building community because we have, it's lucky because we have so many divisions that we just have so many people that want to come and watch our games and they'll kind of hang around and watch the next one and help out. And we have quite a lot of people around. But mm-hmm. I do notice when I go to other clubs, I only have like, for example, one division, one team or one team in the whole women's club. It's It's quite a quiet match because there's not really that many yep. spectators there to watch.
0: How many teams... Did university have set for this season? Uh, we, had, the...
1: we had five women's teams lined yeah. up and a, and a under 18s as well. So, yeah, so that kind of <laughs> didn't really work yeah. out because of COVID. But, yeah. yeah, we just keep on growing because, as you can imagine, more girls play, more girls really enjoy mm-hmm. it, and they kind of pass it on to their friends. And especially with um, university students, they think, okay, we'll go with uni and then yep. the next lot come through. So, yeah, we're quite lucky in that aspect.
0: How did you end up joining university though back in twenty seventeen?
1: Yeah, so um I was gonna play for Tara again, but then a couple of the oh, older
0: twenty twenty eighteen rather, sorry. Twenty eighteen,
1: yeah. Oh yeah, sorry. It's like <laughs> no, um older. yeah, I was gonna I was gonna keep on playing for Tara, but then a couple of the older girls wanted to move up to the older, like the over 35s s And so yeah. that was kind of quite a chunk out of our team and then a couple of girls were moving on to play um AFL or different codes and so we only had a really small number of girls left and we just kind of said it's too hard to make a whole team up now so we kind of all just moved on and um Don Rob, who used to coach for Abbey Park for the junior girls there actually I know him from Southern Branch and he called me up and he said "Do you want to come play like you can be captain and this and that and I was like oh that sounds really good so yeah I got poached over there.
0: <laughs> How did you feel about that so you were offered the captaincy from the get-go. Yep. I the Your earlier career at this level was a bit before I was paying attention to local football at large, really. But I imagine you were playing with people a bit older than you, so you would have been a, more of a younger player in the team, and now you were pretty much a senior figure in the side. And you look at university over the last couple of years, they're full of a lot of teenagers and hmm. people in their early 20s. Yeah. So your role was quite a bit different it seems
1: yeah so yeah that's true I kind of felt like a bit of a young in the uh, Tarawana team because there were girls that were like a few years older than me a lot more experienced and yeah so I think it would have been like I was always kind of hoping that I would kind of get into some sort of like I was already in Tarawana kind of helping out with the manager role and stuff as well and like organizing things and I think it's just kind of like in my nature to try and kind of like Get a little bit higher and kind of lead the girls ahead and keep them positive and stuff. So, when I was offered the um, captaincy at university, I was really excited to take on that role.
0: Your first season at university, yes, the side finished second and also lost the grand final. Albany Parker was able to keep this, your side pretty much at arm's length throughout that whole season, but round one, 2019, and one of the biggest shocks that competition seen in years, I would imagine, occurred when University won 5-1. Mm. It all just seemed to click on at terror reserve.
1: Yeah. Um, so that was obviously pretty a bit of a highlight from last year and the girls were stoked when we came over that win. I think it was just a kind of like a mixture of different things. So Abbey Park Parker lost a couple of pretty strong girls and they didn't have the regular keeper. And um, so they actually had one of our old keepers who had moved to their club because uh, she couldn't play for us based on like um, her work and stuff. So we said it was fine. She could move to Albion Park and she was really excited to play there. But I think she was just so nervous that um, playing against us, like her old team and everything, that she probably wasn't quite in her game. And we just really capitalised on that as well. And um, obviously kind of once, Albion Park's kind of one of those teams that really like revels in winning and really pushes themselves when they're doing really well. But I just, I think they kind of fell apart a little bit and kind of lost their feet and were a little bit um, shocked by like when we caught a couple of goals behind them. So it kind of like, it was like a perfect storm. they kind of all aligned and yeah, all the girls really stepped up and took control of the game. But yeah, it was really good.
0: And Uni managed to also get a draw in the next meeting with Albion Park that year, but a couple of stumbles in other games saw the side just finished behind Albion Park and the grand final didn't go your side's way either. What's remained the difference between the two sides?
1: Um, I think Albion Park, like I said before, they've had the same kind of core of girls there and they all really know how each other play. So they're just, they kind of like go through the motions. They know that they'll get through it and it's really good to kind of watch them play in their kind of like dynamic of how they work together and stuff. So I think, us being a young side and also we were quite new and we had a couple of other girls come in and we we, sometimes we play a game and we just go, we play so awesome and everything clicks and other times we're just not all there sort of thing. So it was just kind of us trying to find our feet, but um, I think we yeah. did pretty well considering um, when you kind of are a new, like um, group of girls are playing together, trying to play against a team who's played together for so long. It's quite a, yeah. a step up, but yeah, I think think we did pretty well, and yeah, Albion Park is always such a a, a tough team to try and crack. So yeah.
0: And that leads us to two thousand and twenty. Obviously, no idea what's going to happen regarding this season. Yeah. But what was University's prospects heading to this season? Was the squad able to stick together and? Look for another assault on the uh on some silverware <laughs>
1: um yeah well we were we were so pumped to play this year. We were really organized, we had a great preseason um we had a really strong side coming together. We had a few Americans as well that had come over this year too um so we were looking really good, and we had heaps of girls in each of the divs and all of uni, so everything was flowing really awesome and we played our first round of Bonnie lassie and we are having a great time. And then COVID happened, so then everything kind of stopped. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, it was looking really promising. So hopefully we'll be able to get back on the pitch and kind of get our fitness back up again because we just went from being so ready to go to all of a sudden just not being able to do anything at all. So, um, yeah, hopefully we'll be able to get back on the pitch and have a couple of games and just see how the teams are this year because I know there was a couple of new teams as well coming in as well. So it
0: would have
1: been interesting to play against them too.
0: Yeah. Something that you touched on slightly a bit earlier was that when the players left Tarawana, you also mentioned players going to other sports. Did you play mm. any other sports throughout your uh, growing up or as an adult?
1: Uh, no, not really. Not besides futsal. There was just random things like maybe tennis and stuff, but nothing to like a, a club or a high yeah. level. Yeah.
0: Did you Do you see that as a bit of a concern for like, I was asking Brittany Ring about this if uh, uh, about a month ago on this podcast that a lot yeah. of um, players are getting uh, attracted away to other sports. Do you think that's a? Uh, is do you think there's any way that soccer can combat that? Combat that?
1: Yeah. So we've been losing a few girls to AFL, for example, and a couple of uh, rugby um, teams as well. But I don't really see it as a concern. I think it's like if you're a quality athlete and you find like a different Um, code for example a bit more exciting and fun then like it's fine Mm -hmm. for them yeah to do what they want and move to where they want to play and um, for example we had Georgina McDonald or Mim who played for us and she also played AFL at the same time and I really think that she she was just such a strong fast player and you could see the AFL coming out of her when she played down the wing because she would just sprint 100 miles an hour at the ball and just like not even have a care in the world about girls kind of like running at her as well so sometimes it can help but then also she broke a collarbone playing afl so that was a bit of a (laughs) hindrance as well kind of a a bit of a um negative for when you play a different sport as well so yeah, yeah i i think the the comp here is so strong that girls moving to different games doesn't really affect it that much
0: yeah, yeah. And Georgina was a. she's got a brace in that game against Albion Park as well. Yeah, she's so awesome. Um,
1: <laughs> but yeah, yeah, so we've lost her it. as well to AFL. She's kind of moving over there full-time now, so she won't be back either.
0: Yeah, I think that, yeah, once I, I guess once you get a taste of it, if that's a sport you love, that's the sport mm. you're going to go with, I guess. Yeah, um, and it's a, such like an exciting that,
1: game as well. Like, I, mm-hmm. I enjoy watching it too.
0: I'm just probably selfish from uh, soccer's perspective. but Fair play to anyone that uh, is willing to have a go. But that uh, brings us to the end of the Q&A. We're going to line up uh, your five-a-side team now. Um, and we're going to start off with a probably the forward line. So how many strikers do you have in this side?
1: um okay so five aside I like it was so tough to choose like what girls I want to play where and um I kind of chose more like a less kind of like attacking more kind of like strength through the center Yeah, (laughs) because like especially at uni as well we have such strong girls in the center center area I think Mm. that's kind of like testament to like how we play with our passing game but um Probably um, Lexi Carter was one of my choices for yeah. my like center slash attacking. She's just so awesome. She's got the best skills, really great touch, and she's just a playmaker. So she'll she'll get the ball and you'll think there's nothing, there's nowhere to go. And somehow she'll just get through like three or four players and then just send a great through ball through. So, yeah, definitely she'd be in one of my like attacking mids.
0: Good shout. And yeah. the next player
1: um yeah so probably in the center Kayla Costable she's i played with her for a few years now and I played for with her at typhoons as well so she has a great um, mind for the game she reads play really well she can send um great perfectly weighted balls directly to your feet so just super easy and she really understands like how the game's played so definitely would have her on my side do you
0: have any more Forward slash midfielders in this side.
1: Um, yes, <laughs> they're pretty yeah. much all mids.
0: <laughs> slash <Yeah>. attackers.
1: <laughs> um, I would have Pim, Pim Wadi, Pohu as well. Yeah. So she's kind of similar to Lexi as well. We like Lexi, Pim, and I play in the center together, and so is Kayla. Yeah. Um, she's also one of those players that she's just her touch is awesome. Like she can just move the ball around so quickly around her feet. She can dribble in between girls and take on a few players at a time and then um, we'll get like a really great pass off and then also then be available straight away for like the the bounce pass as well. So she's such an awesome person to have. Um, Yeah, and then one other person probably at the back. Do you want me to go into the next person? or?
0: Oh, yeah, go for it. Yeah,
1: so we um, Isabella Walker, she came down from Sydney. She was the captain up there. Um, and she came down because she's doing university down here. She, um, We have her in the centre-back at the moment, but she's such a utility mm-hmm. player. She is just so awesome as well, can take on any ball that comes at her. She'll bring it down under control perfectly well and know exactly where she wants to play it straight away. So she's really great to have the back to get the ball and then just play the almost perfect ball to whoever she needs to play to. So would love to have her on my team. <laughs>
0: She was she just joined uni last season as well. Yeah, she sure.
1: did, yeah. And then um she ended up breaking um her bone in her hand. I think we played against Albion Park as well, so she was out for a little bit too. Poor thing.
0: Far out. Yeah. And um who are you gonna put between the sticks?
1: Uh, our keeper, Hannah Farugia. She's awesome. She's so yeah. good. Yeah. She played for Stingrays as well, but she's um come over to us. She's just, she has no fear. She just flies through the air and for somehow she just gets the ball and she's just got the best reflexes and she's really passionate about the game as well
0: and she also plays for the type ends I believe
1: yes yeah she played for type ends as well
0: yeah all right sensational a lot of those players as well that you've mentioned are are sort of symbolic of the sort of football that you guys try to play, which yeah. is, you know, holding the ball and playing with a lot of energy as well.
1: Yeah. A lot of pass and move as well. Keep the ball on the on the ground.
0: With that, that basically brings us to the end of today's episode. So Elise, I really appreciate the time you took to come on.
1: Oh, thanks so much for having me on. I really enjoyed it.
0: Thanks again to everyone for listening and I look forward to being in your ears next Tuesday for episode eleven of Away from the pitch.